Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Hey, marketing department, thanks for making us look so much better, or at least me looking better with the new logo. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm secretly quite grateful that we got rid of our caricatures. It's a historic thing. You know, the album art, when Richard Desriga and I first started the show in 2014, I think it was his idea. We like used Fiverr and got caricatures of ourselves done. And then when I left Microsoft to join Hyperfish, Andrew Coatesy, Andrew Coates, he came on and they did the artwork with those two. And then I came back to Microsoft and we 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 revamped it and decided to do the same thing. <laughs> and it is really funny because people bring it up because obviously I post our episodes on LinkedIn and when like I meet people here in Redmond or whatever and they're like, oh you're you're the guy with the podcast with a giant heads. So I'm like, yes, that's that's me. <laughs> Remember Third Rock from the Sun? The big giant head was the boss. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so I I guess now we're we're good. Yeah. So so yeah. So we changed the artwork because now we have Eicher every other week in between the weeks me and you talk. So it was only fair that rather than get Eicher to have a, a giant head on the artwork, because <laughs> we wouldn't all fit, yeah. we decided to go all professional and get Microsoft Design to do us a pretty logo, which just looks really cool. Actually, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, me too. I like it. So news this week is a little light, but um, Teams Premium. Oh yeah, it's got AI stuff on there, right? So I, I I don't know anything about it, but I know it's there. So can you give us just a intro a little bit about what the that is? T- teasing Microsoft's marketing department after thanking them for new artwork, they did in the title of announcing Microsoft Teams Premium cut costs and AI powered productivity. So they didn't do quite as far as mentioning Chat GPT, which is the buzzword <laughs> of the. Yeah, really. (laughs) They they kept with AI, but I think Microsoft's simple thing will be wherever they use the word AI in any blog post right now, they're just going to change it to be chat GPT. But I will say one of the features of Teams Premium, which I use a lot, is the what I think publicly we're calling the intelligent recap. It was called something else internally. And they're using AI uh, to show timelines of everyone in the core and basically visualizing who was talking at what point. And then you can hover over those timelines, jump to that part in the meeting. And then on the right-hand side, it's even got things like this was an action from the meeting or this was a decision that was made or a follow-up is needed here. And if you're mentioned, like, so if someone mentions me in the, the meeting, it even puts that marker on the timeline as well. So these intelligent recaps are really, really good. Um, and I, I, I mean, this is just the start so I'm really in, interested to see uh, how much better this all gets. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, struggle through that information overload. Or if I I was in a meeting and I look at the recording later and I remember some some particular point, rather than have to go through everything bit by bit, I can scan to get to it. I kind of like that. Yeah. So cool. Glad to see that coming along. So I guess what this week, last two weeks. Pretty much every meeting we've had with leadership has been pretty heavy on open AI and chat GPT and we had a fix hack learn for a week, which means we down regular tools to pick up projects. And there's a lot of people picking up projects on thinking about what we can do with a GPT model. So 
I'm excited about it. It's uh, There's definitely not a buzz at the moment. It managed to pick out my personality type from the 16 personalities based on three paragraphs about me, which I'm dubious that that's actually re- real as a model. I think it will definitely make our lives easier from a productivity perspective. And so as a dev, uh, I do think it's it's worthwhile keeping up with this stuff and understanding what GPT is and OpenAI is doing and what Microsoft's doing and other competitors are doing. Well, as you can imagine, I'm a grumpy old man. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever, AI. <laughs> but um, one, one of the guys on the team actually got his master's in in artificial intelligence and stuff. And he oh, tried wow. to explain it to me that as I was glossing over. He said, it's it's revolutionary, which is okay. <laughs> there you go, right? I mean, it, it, it's a big step forward from what he had just studied just two two years ago. So... It's probably worth paying attention to in all in all our free times, right? Yeah, free free time is the fine word. So I really like the fact we do these FHLs where like we just delete everything on our calendar and get the time to do what we want, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. In other news, I was quite proud to uh, beat you to it as the Stream Deck blogger. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, I use your blog post every time I rebuild my machine to set my Stream Deck back up. The Microsoft Teams product group built an official Stream Deck plugin. So if you have a Stream Deck now. I'm assuming you've probably already seen the news on LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else, but there's buttons. And the way it works is Teams client on Windows and Mac now runs a WebSocket that you can connect to from Stream Deck with an API key. You need a certain build of Microsoft Teams in settings, privacy. There's now a new section right down the bottom of that page where you get your API key and you plug that in once you've downloaded the plugin in Stream Deck and the Stream Deck can communicate to do things like raise hand, mute, turn off your camera, you know, clap, applause. What did you say earlier? You wanted dislike, not like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so external feedback on that, I didn't have to do anything with Teams. It just worked. So whatever version, you know, of Teams is rolled out to our tenant in the UK has it just fine, worked just great. The Stream Deck has been running a WebSocket on my machine all along. That's how it, it has worked. Even the extensions I built, um, it uses all that WebSocket stuff. So it's not like we're, we're cutting new ground here. It's just nice that uh, Microsoft, ex- the Teams team, I guess, exposed their yeah, bits, right. which is, you know, which was the shortcut, right? The whole bit about muting and stuff like that. So, yeah, very cool. And, and thanks for the, the mention on the blog post. The one thing that I find tremendously helpful, even after all this time, is that you can say, I can have multiple pages on the deck. And when I have a specific app in the foreground, it'll flip to that page. So you can have a whole bunch of buttons that are Microsoft Teams related, and you won't see them unless the Teams app has got the focus. So that, that's really helpful, I think. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, although I will say, though, it, the benefit of this plugin is, is that I can be an Outlook doing email and push the mute button on my Stream Deck and it'll mute. Whereas before... I was using keyboard shortcuts, which meant that Teams had to be in focus for the mute button to work. So, but it is nice. Yes. No, I meant the keys on the deck. I mean, because normally, like, normally, you know, I got my music buttons on there for usually, right? When you're listening to Mozart and Beethoven. Um, Well, there's actually two music buttons, right? You know what the other one is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. It's five o'clock. Anyway, so yeah. But but I'm glad. Thanks for sharing that with me. I've installed it already. It was great. I love it. It's getting, getting as good in this stuff there. Yeah. I think it's, and it's interesting, like, I'm shoot, I've already seen a GitHub repo of someone talking to the WebSocket, not for Stream Deck, but uh, talking to it with a web API key to uh, have other IoT type buttons do similar things. 
um, which I think it's you know it's, again it's community getting creative already. I I do have a feature request in. I was I pinged the VP of engineering for it because it was the only person I knew who was working on it because they tweeted about it. <laughs> yeah. I want speed dial buttons. I want to be able to have a button for everyone in my team to instantly open up a chat window so I can chat to Fabian or Brian or whoever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a cool, cool cool way forward. So yeah, so we have the developer proxy crew on. Uh, we haven't had them on for a while, uh, Waldeck and Seb. I, have you used the proxy yet? I have not. And I, 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 I'm sorry I missed the interview, the health issues came up that week but the i mean for me i use the sdk and and it, it does retries for me automatically so i don't need to test the proxy to say make stuff break it just automatically works for me so far at least anyway so i haven't looked at it yet and i'm a networking idiot so i really don't, <laughs> don't understand too much about how it's working under the covers anyways so but no i haven't i haven't used it but i, I certainly see the value and if you aren't using the sdk or you've got some legacy code i can certainly see why you'd want to so I'm looking forward to listening to this one for sure. Cool. Well, have a good weekend. Hopefully your health issues have gone away. You're back for next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. See you later. See you, mate. Okay. Well, look at this. Two very familiar faces. Uh, Wardet Mastercars, Sebastian Livet. I try to put some foreign accents. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, Jerry. Thank you. Is that how you pronounce it, Seb? Levert. No. Levert. How? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna say it. It's Sebastian Levert in the most French Canadian way I can find. Doesn't that sound so fancy, Wardek? So you're very close, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> so, for context of people listening, uh, I've known you both for a long time. I think I've known Wardek since at least in person, two thousand and nine, and we've known each other through the blogging, blogging about SharePoint. You taught me everything I knew about SharePoint, along with like Andrew Connor and Chris O'Brien in two thousand and six. I guess. I recall we met. Was it at the SPC where you were still running the SP Dev Wiki? You had shirts, and you came with shirts. Yeah, yeah. that's right. With a brand, and you all had your custom handles printed on the back. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Good days, huh? Yeah, it was good fun. And then Seb, you worked for me, and then you moved into product, like true DevX product management under Kristen, which was a really good smart move for you. So, how's all that going? Uh, it's going great. I think we're 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 working on really really cool stuff that you've. I think you've you've talked with a bunch of my team in, in the past, like all the SDKs, the Kyoto things, our docs, and a new product that we're gonna uh, yeah. talk a little bit about today. But it's fun. It's massively fun. So how how did this come about? Because back in the day, we had this thing called the Chaos Handler for. .NET, is it similar or is it different or how would, how would you explain it? Wardek. Well, Seb, Seb, Seb. Go ahead, go ahead. I this is going to happen with two guests. Seb. He just did rock, paper, scissors for those that are just listening on audio. Yeah, exactly. I think we should use hands to take questions. I think it all started, I think this story about the graph developer proxy is an awesome story because it's, it's not something that has been thoroughly thought about for ages and everything. No, it, it starts by one message Waldeck sending that to me, like somewhere in like February uh, 2022, or one Microsoft, hack, uh, global hackathon, it's called. 
happened and boom, a product came out of this. And what was the problem that we were trying to solve is I want to be able to test my application without changing a line of code. I want to be able to replicate, simulate the behaviors that Graph has in the real world. When you put your app in your dev tenant, you're never really throttled, right? You're in the tenant of one. You're loving everything because it's so easy. Yeah, like everything goes smoothly and you push that to 50,000 users and then maybe you're not handling all the, the throttling and all the limitations that we put in Graph, which are absolutely okay. There's, there's nothing bad with these limits. Like all the APIs are doing it. But now we wanted to do to simulate that without having you to change a line of code. And that's what the chaos middleware was doing back then. You had to go in and say, hey, I want to see X percentage of my requests to be failing with that type of errors and all these kind of things. But you had to go in your production environment, <laughs> add the code to test it in your production environment. It was hard. Now the proxy is something that we go through, we intercept, we fake the errors, and then afterwards we send it back to you. So your app can really detect and respect these kind of limitations. And I mean, the errors we, we send are very true. The errors aren't fake. They're very true. Your app fails, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so you're simulating as if they were hitting certain limits on the, the server side. And this is for testing JavaScript client side code, right? Whereas the chaos handler was like server side.net was the, what it was written for. Well, that's basically for anything. That's the beauty of the proxy. You want to test PowerShell? Run the proxy, run your PowerShell commentlets. It's going to hit it. It basically takes over your entire proxy setup on your machine. And all the requests going to graph are being intercepted and are, are being throttled. Like Fiddler and those tools, similar kind of scenario. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a Fiddler type proxy that understands graph and reacts to give you errors that graph would give you in a real life scenario whatever the language you're using back end front end anything in between if there's anything else uh we'll we'll, we'll get these errors or these throttling or you want to simulate a server error because sometimes you want to test it like maybe we're going to fail at some point you want to make sure your code works with this same thing so, so what I, the can you explain for those who might not understand what fhl week is and how the motley crew got together to build this definitely right so i think we've got a once a year, we have at Microsoft a week of time that people can spend to work on something meaningful, right? And there are there are areas where you can work on developer tools, you can work on productivity. So it's like like uh, there are themes in which you can work. Last year, we thought like, hey, like why not use this week to try this idea? And the cool thing was is that it's a week. And the idea is that by the end of week, you have something to show, whether that's a video or a mock or Figma file, depending on what you want to do, right? But for us, like our goal was with the team to, what if we can get to the point where we have a, an app that you can actually run? And sure, it doesn't do everything we want, right? Because we have tons of ideas for, for the thing to build, but we want to we wanna be able to show something that works and that does the core thing, right? That allows you to really test the untestable, right? Like bring you these ephemeral errors that happen in production and then they go away and you can never replicate them, them again, right? So that was our goal. And basically 
Seb was was away then. I think that was when you got your son, right? So you you were in there. So I was like, okay, like I he was he was fix hack learning a baby. Yeah, yeah. he was more learning on the fly. <laughs> yeah, so he fixed already. He hacked already. He would then and, and, and he, he was more learn, than right? a week though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Still learning. Yeah, so basically the the idea for me was like, hey, like who else can we get on a team to basically have more. Uh, folks to work on it because like a week sounds like a lot but it isn't right and especially for the things like when you get in a wheeze like it doesn't sound that much like hey how hard can it be to intercept an http call going over the wire from your box to internet well you wait until you get in the weeds of you know http stack and sockets and all of that it's like i don't care about any of this just give me the request payload i care about that and dealing with certs and sockets and ports and connections, I don't worry about, like, I don't care about that at all, right? So we were able to finally find something that would give us that ability to, like, okay, we have the proxy baseline, something that allows us to get insights into the requests and responses, and we can then build on top of that, really add the logic, the value, right, that we want to add, give people the ability to um, simulate these errors, and then on top of that, build some more cool things that we uh, offer today in proxy. What was the most complicated part? Like, how hard was it to establish the, like, the skeleton of, like, getting a proxy running on a machine? Like, is that straightforward? I, I it seems like a complex thing. It depends on your skills. Like for me, being not versed in that space at all, I wasted <laughs> on it three days of a uh, week and didn't move an inch. Literally zero progress. I wasted okay. my time. Like, how do I open? Okay, so there's socket, there's connection, and I can attach to that. But I need to. And then Gavin came back to me like, "Hey, so I found this lib that we can use." Like. Dude, now, seriously, like you could have told me be first. <laughs> After three days. Yeah, exactly. Like me being, you know, three days knee deep in sockets and connections and ports and whatever else is there. I was ready to like, okay, like we need to have something because otherwise like you will not be able to do anything. Like because that is really the foundational thing, us being able to see our request going out and coming back. Like that is really the key. That's really cool. And so it... Is this, you know, we were talking about this before the show. I'm on a Mac. Is the proxy, does it run on different platforms? Is it a Windows only? No, and that's that's the beauty of that lib that we found is like because it's a .NET Core lib, it lives in any type of, of runtime. So it runs on Mac, on Linux, on Windows. Um, I would say that today, I think the best experience you can get is on Windows because of the way Windows handles some of these things. But we're working really hard into simplifying the work for Mac and for Linux. So it, it doesn't require you to do a bunch of different settings on your machine to accept the proxy. The goal is to have a one-click install for all of the platforms. It is done today. We have all the documentation for all the different uh, platforms, but we need to think about it. We need to, to work a little bit more on this. Um, and you can see that on our GitHub repo. It's one of our top most requested uh, thing there. On a similar line of thought, Seb, the Running this in, I know it's, it's designed as a developer tool to simulate when you're in a new developer environment, but as someone that's built production SaaS products, it'd be awfully useful to be able to just turn this thing on and look at production traffic for a bit and then turn it off again. Is this something that could be pushed into a production environment in Azure if you're either running PaaS or you're running on a VM? 
Like what, what some of the considerations for that scenario? Like you just need to set up the proxy to handle, uh, like to set up a, a central proxy and to connect multiple machines to it. Right. And then you have a central location where everything would run through the proxy. That's why we wanted to go with something that can scale at that level rather than having something that lives, I'm going to say it like this, like just on the dev machine. I think it's super helpful for devs, but we need to think about CI. Like we want to test stuff while you're building your app. We want to test our app with a bunch of throttling. Okay, let's do it. Same thing on the other on the other end. Uh, wanna, you're a system integrator and you want to validate that the app that is deployed is using your best practices or is well reacting to graph limits. And yeah, you can put it on, on the network and you run it and you're good to go. So we wanted to, not only for people are building apps, but people are also, also, also auditing apps. So that's really kind of two different personas that we had in mind when we built it. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, Wadek, you mentioned Gavin, for those that maybe don't know Gavin mm-hmm. just by his first name. Who else was on the team? And what were their backgrounds just to kind of understand how these FHL weeks work? And So Gavin has, is a, a so uh, he worked for a long time at a, I think, new, originally New Zealand partner, and then he moved to the US. He has tons of background in SharePoint in the last years. You might know him from, like, if you've ever subscribed or joined Ignite, Build, MVP Summit, like, he built, like, he and his team built all these sites, right? So, so he's done a lot of work around Azure, building web apps that scale. He has a ton of experience of that. And he is now a part of the uh, team that builds uh, SDKs and tools for Graph. And then another person, Gary, a colleague on my team, he's also a SharePoint person dev in the past and nowadays he does a lot of work on teams bots he knows a metric ton about graph right so basically having that expertise in place allowed us to move really fast like having people like not yeah yeah exactly like not having to learn or yeah have an anyone learn uh, about like what is a graph and how do we do auth like no we know all of that already and we know even about the specific things we want to implement and basically it was all all the matter of okay, what is the shortest way for us to have towards the end of the week something that we can show and that actually works? Yeah. So, Gavin Barron, Gary Trindert. Gary's in the UK, right? He's a pro. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. With that in mind, how does a, a new dev take this and get started, Wardek? Like, what's the process? Like, where do they go to then download this, run it on their machine? Like, I mean, Seb already said there's no changes to your code. So, what are the setup steps for it? Say for a PC, if we if the Mac and Linux is a little bit more complicated, right? So you have your your app, right? And it can be, and that's also a, a cool thing. To proxy, it's irrelevant whether you use a graph SDK or you don't, right? So you can test either way, either type of code, any language, irrelevant, right? So like that is on to you. If you use an SDK, you will see that the number of errors you will see are probably less than if you don't, right? Because the SDKs that we build handle a lot of these these things already. But to test your apps, you would start to go aka.ms slash graph slash proxy slash download. That, That takes you to the page where you basically say, I am on a Mac, I am on Windows, you download the binaries and you run it. And that's basically it. 
right? So on Windows, you don't need to do anything else, right? Because the proxy will start, it will build a, it, it will create a local uh, cert authority certificate, register with your search store, trust it, and hook itself up as a global proxy on your computer. If you use it on the same machine as you use Outlook or, or Teams, you will notice that while you're testing, like nobody's bothering you <laughs> they because all work. of that traffic is coming through a proxy too, right? So there will be no graphical schemes <laughs> will not work. You will not be able to receive email because we're throttling all of that, right? And these errors will come through again, right? So an alternative to that is we're working to do it on Windows and that's something you already can do on a Mac because Mac doesn't have that auto register uh, function, right? So on the Mac, you need to basically choose either you want it to be a global proxy or you attach it only to browser or some other app you want to test. On Windows, it's currently all or nothing. And we want to also expose there the option that you can say, hey, I only want to attach the proxy to this instance of Chrome and everything else don't touch it, right? So, But that's basically it. And the moment you start the proxy, you will see the calls that, that you issue from your app going through it and some of them we will pass through and some of them we will fail and that will kind of give you the ability to see how your app will react to that in practice right you will be able to see basically the behavior that otherwise you might or not even be able to see at all yeah that's really cool i like the fact it's that lightweight and and low touch seb on on that like one of the features of that chaos and looted for net was that as you mentioned before there was some uh, scaffolding you had to do in terms of defining how you wanted it to behave. There were certain advantages to that, though, of, you know, if you wanted to simulate different error messages other than just 429s, or if you actually wanted to uh, return certain responses rather than like what was expected for various different code flows, you could do it. it is this something you're considering for further down the line in this tool or? Not only we're considering it, but we already support it also as part of it. So we're we're usually focusing a lot on the 429 scenarios because I think that's the one that is the most likely likely to hit in these large environments. But we basically support when you start the proxy, you can say, I'm interested in generating errors for these HTTP codes, for 429s, for 401, for 403, for 503, service unavailable maybe. And then you can pass in a parameter of what's the rate of failure. Do you want to fail 100% of the time? Well, 100% of the time is very brutal. Your app will never work. It's <laughs> all of them. Yeah, it's very, very brutal. Basically, it's no internet access and that's it. Um, but you can say, I want to have just 10%. And then your app will load and we'll do stuff. But then sometimes we'll hit, hit the 429. We'll react to it and we'll get itself together and finally work. So this is something that we support already to say, I want all of these error codes. Something we also support is when you hit this endpoint, instead of going to graph, use this response instead. So think about it like mocking. So when you say slash me slash direct reports, don't go to graph. I already crafted my own graph response and we can just add it to um, a, a JSON file that has per URL, per endpoint, the response that I care about. So think about it, especially in, in unit testing scenarios where you want to be predictable. I want to make sure that when I call slash v slash direct reports, I get these 
three users with these three display names so I can build my unit test that I really, my, my code expects the right thing. And I can also 429 on this. So it all works together. So we support these two scenarios of here's the response that I care about. And here's the type of errors that I want to generate. And we're, we're in the realm of things. In our mind, this product really answers three specific areas. One, which is generating chaos. So generating errors based on that failure rate. Generating mocks, so being able to be predictable in what you're getting back from, from the proxy. And the third one that we haven't really discussed yet, which is guidance. You're calling in without an SDK. Maybe you should look at SDKs. Here are the links to the SDK. We know you're calling in from JavaScript. Here's the link to how to upgrade to the JavaScript SDK. Same thing for .NET or for the others. Oh, you're calling in without a select on your get. Maybe you should have a select on your get because you only probably care about a certain amount of properties that we offer. So we tell you, hey, we see no select. Is it really what you're looking forward to? And we have big vision on the guidance on how we can attach ourselves to some of the metadata that Microsoft Graph has, where we could say, oh, you're, you're calling in with this. Oh, by the way, this is, I just want to let you know, this is now a, a premium API. So you know, as a dev, that there might be a cost involved in using this API, for instance. So all of these different guidance to really be very transparent with the dev on how they can improve the quality of their app, not only from an error management, but in general, but also in the end, if you use more select, if you're more specific in your queries, you're going to generate less throttling because the service will, will tolerate more some of your queries and will generate less throttling, for example. It'd be nice. The thing we deal with a lot with partners is people continuing to use beta APIs rather than V1, even though V1 exists, and having that kind of guidance in there as well. But I would add that there's probably a fourth pillar to your benefits, which is the silent mode on Outlook and Teams. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh yeah, we, we need to call definitely that. a bonus. That, that would actually make a great April one uh, plugin. Yeah, yeah, that's out right. of office without being out of office. We mock me some emails of like, "Hey, Jeremy, you've done a really good job today. Thanks, you know, be awesome." We just get, get set that once a month, make me feel good. A couple of weeks ago, I I presented the proxy on a community call. I can tell you how hard it is to demo a proxy on a machine that is currently presenting through Teams. It went oh, okay, yeah. so it, not everything. Like the ch- I lost the chat. While I was doing it, but but the the streaming of my video of my machine actually went okay. But it it is um, um, that's why we are also thinking about these process driven proxy because yeah, sometimes you need teams to work. Yeah. That's really cool. And so this is open sourced on GitHub as well as being able to get those binary files. Yeah, absolutely. So source is available right there. Uh, we accept PRs. There's a bunch of issues. There's even issues that are already marked as good first issue if you want to contribute to the repo. All of our contribution guide is also available on on, on GitHub. It was a, a really, really, it was important for us from the get-go to make this open so people can contribute to it because we know some scenarios, we're aware of some scenarios, but when you're a dev in the wild, 
your scenarios are way more important than our scenarios that we think about. So feel free to bring them in as suggestions, or even if you want to bring code with it, we're more than happy to accept these kind of PRs. And Mordek, from your perspective, obviously you're in the developer advocate group, and I see you on Twitters and the Facebooks and LinkedIn's everywhere. What other things are you doing at the moment? Like, and I know you work a lot closely with Acer on the community stuff that Seb just mentioned, but do you want to just color it just for those that don't know you? Ha ha ha. <laughs> where can they see you other than listening on this show and the contributions you do on the open source side? I spend a lot of time being as out in the open as I can. Um, and I'm a, a part of the team that is meant to help developers uh, build apps on Microsoft 365, right? And whether that's, like you can do many types of apps in there, right? You can build extensions that, that show up inside Teams, Viva, SharePoint, Outlook, Office, right? And probably all these apps connect to the Microsoft 365 to bring the data and, and insights through the Microsoft Graph, right? And then on the other hand, you can also build standalone apps, you know, desktops apps, mobile apps, serverless apps that, again, that they actually don't see inside M365, but that still are connected to it and, and benefit from the data and insights that are available there, right? So a part, a big part of my job is to make people aware of all these options uh, that are available to them and showing them what are the different ways that they can tap into the uh, potential there, right? So that is a part of where uh, we as advocates go out and we speak at events, create presentations, engage with uh, community and similar uh, activities. And then the other part is us bringing back feedback that we get from community, from the customers, bringing that to product groups and say, hey, we could, like people are trying to do X and they are blocked or it is inefficient. And what, what are the ways in which we could improve it to make it easier, right? So helping product groups improve the products that they build to be of better service to community and customers. So that, that is kind of the two ways. And, and that spans all the way from social, from community, from open source to in-person events. I will be joining, in fact, my first in-person event since, I don't know, three years already, which is the European Collaboration Summit in Dusseldorf in May. Oh, nice. You can get to guys that one. That's an awesome conference as well. It is. That was my last conference. Yeah, my last one before the pandemic. Really? Actually, Seb, you were at that too. Yeah. Yeah, we spent a little bit of time in the city together afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's actually, for, even for me, it, it's also my, my last my last event. So, yeah, it's been a while when I when I see folks going in, in, in person, like, oh, I miss that a little bit. But now, especially with the new reality of having a little one back home. Yeah, it's hard to leave them. Yeah, it changes priorities, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, that definitely changed for me as soon as Scarlet was born of, you know, like not really wanting to go away and missing all that. So I totally understand that. That's, uh, yeah, priorities are important. He's got big though, dude. <laughs> what the hell are you feeding him? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he, has to be, uh, he has to be like daddy, so we're feeding him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so aka.ms slash graph slash proxy slash download yes okay that's an unusual aks to put slashes in there 
Yeah, it's it's strategic. It almost feels like it's a real URL. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're tricking people. Yeah, but uh, and if you want to see all the repo, you can do ak.ms-graph/proxy, and you're going to see the repo, the readme, the getting started, and all of that. It's kind of our landing page. Okay, we'll put the link to the community call where you did the demo, like video as well, so people can watch that as well as listen to this. Well, that's awesome. Well, look, it was great to catch up. It's good to see you both again. I miss working with both of you more, you know. It's been way too long, right? Different worlds in graph at the moment, I guess. Exactly. For now. For now. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It all changes, right? Yeah, we'll uh, catch up soon. We'll get you on to talk about this when it's like V2 of the tool and see all the wacky stuff you've added to that. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. We're happy to come back. See what other productivity tools you can turn off with a proxy to make people's lives more silent <laughs> it'll be the one where someone deploys this to production and they forget to turn the proxy off and then they wonder why their clients can't use their product will be the first time that this will be a aha moment <laughs> let's see if we can do that here that would be funny that would, that would be funny though <laughs> cool alright well thanks very much guys I appreciate your time and um, yeah we'll speak to you soon awesome cheers Jeremy thank you Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at m365devpodcast and check out our show notes at www.m365devpodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. That's all, folks. 